that is in Jesus. And what I shared from the first meeting was that many of us in this fallen realm or in this nature that we are in, this realm, the principal governor of this realm is the enemy. And one of his primary considerations in the lower realm is to center invitations and opportunities around the corruption of his inhabitants. Now, what I'm teaching is a highly spiritual thing, and I'm praying that you give your attention to it for this next 40 minutes or so before we pray. And if things are not too clear for you, you can always reach out to us to give you some clarification. So the realm in which we live is the fallen realm. And I explained if you go on the podcast and you use my name or Radiant Word broadcast, you should be able to get access to the previous messages or on my YouTube channel or on the website. All right. So. A little recap is that there is this lower realm and the dynamics and operations of this lower realm are very different. We see the manifestations of this lower realm through many things, diseases, affliction, confusion, you know, death, mortality, and many things. These are the characteristics of the lower realm that we are living in. And I explained to you last time that in this lower realm, we are in this realm, but we are not of this realm. Hallelujah. So in John chapter 14, verse number 30, B, Jesus Christ speaks to the disciples and says, I see the enemy coming. I see the ruler of this world coming, but he has nothing in me. He says, I see the ruler of this world coming, but he has nothing in me. And that is a spiritual principle I want to enlighten you about. The enemy is coming with his arsenals, but he looks at him and says, you got nothing in me. And the reason why Jesus could say that was because he manifested a higher portion of the divine nature. Glory to Jesus. So what happens with us is that we are humans in this world, but we are spirits, right? And there is the nature of God in us. Now, those who are able to amplify or magnify the divine component of God in them at the expense of the natural component. Such people are able to reign in this life as princes and reign as God would reign. Those people do not become victims of this lower realm of the corruption here. Now, the corruption, Second Peter chapter 2, Verse number one, Peter spoke and said that whereby according that his according to his divine power that has given to us all things that pertain or that relate to life and to godliness, that by these promises we can partake of the divine nature of God. Now, Peter is giving us a clue that, and, and we will escape the corruption. I, I was speaking it just from mind, from my memory. He says, we will escape the corruption that is in this world. So there are promises and there are things, conditions that God has set in place. And he has done this through the knowledge of Jesus Christ, that 
if we are able to have this full discernment of who Jesus is, we can partake, we can participate in the divine nature and this promise is made possible by the dynamics, by the divine power of God. So we have this realm where we can have access, we have access to the divine nature, to the divine nature or the divine constitution of God. And that is what Jesus had. So you are working on this earth, but there are two natures in you. Many years ago, I wrote in one of my blogs that men or humans are the only creation of God that can dwell in two realms at the same time. We can dwell both in the natural and in the supernatural. Glory to Jesus. So, so that is what is happening. Now, if we want to understand this and why Jesus is able to say to Satan coming that I see him coming, but he has nothing in me. I prophesy and pray that most of us here will be able to look at every hostility of Satan, every attack of the enemy, and say, hey, I see you coming, all right, but you have nothing in me. Glory to Jesus. Hey, you have nothing in me. Hallelujah. Hey, shouted that he has nothing in me. In the name of Jesus. In my opinion, the corruption that Peter said that we can escape, according to Second Peter 2, is not just, just, you know, when we speak about the corruption of this world, people just think about the lust of the flesh and all that. But the true corruption is having those God beings. Hallelujah. Those people in whom the divine nature of God is supposed to manifest. Having these God beings trapped in this realm, unable to manifest their God form. That is the greatest form of corruption. That is, they live in the poverty of an abundant life. And these redeemed people of God lack the ability, though they have the potential, to express or manifest this divine nature. So they live in this realm and they live slaves in this realm and they participate in the operations of the lower realm as their normal lifestyle. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse number 5 to 7. Scripture says, There is an evil I have seen under the sun, as great an error as it proceeds from the ruler. It says, Folly is set in many hard places, and the rich sit in low place. I have seen slaves on horseback and princes walking on foot. Listen, the preacher says that there is this arrow that I have seen. He says it's an arrow that is proceeding from the ruler. I have a question. Who is this ruler he's talking about? Is, who is this ruler that, that prescribes this arrow? Who is this ruler that thrives on this arrow? Who is this ruler whose joy is that those who are supposed to reign as princes in life are now slaves and they've lost their place. Who is this ruler? This ruler is none other than the governor of this lower realm. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 1 to 12, and I quote, it says that you were dead through trespasses and sins in which you once lived, following the course of this world, Ah, following the ruler. It says you were following the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit that works among children of disobedience. We see here that there are some people 
whom Bible says they are following the course of a certain ruler, their life follows the principle of a certain deity. And these people, when we see them in their life, we just see disorder. We see disobedience. It's disharmony. The ruler of this realm, the enemy, the fallen one, controls the things of this world. And there are some people living in this world that he has messed up their life, made a mockery out of their lives, and their life is just complete dissonance. There is no harmony. There are struggles here and there. When Jesus came into this realm, and I sent you a text message on our, tele- our Telegram broadcast and on WhatsApp, and I said, Jesus raised the dead. Jesus appeared and disappeared in places. Jesus did all the miracles he did, not because he was the son of God. No, no, he didn't do those things because he was the son of God. He did those things because he was living in the higher realm. He was living in the higher life. I pray that you will enjoy the higher life. I pray that you will enjoy the secrets of the higher realm through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That is what made Jesus able to look at the enemy in the face and say, I see you coming. Yes, I see you coming. Yes, there is this issue. Yes, there is this problem. But let me tell you, you have nothing in me. You have nothing in me. Can you say that too? Can you say the ruler of this world is coming? Can you say I see all the hearts of my the, the witchcraft attacks and all the demonic things and all the struggles I mean we're going through now? I see it, but he has nothing in me. Hallelujah. Why was Jesus able to say this? As I explained, that our success in this fallen realm depends on what is in us. And I'm asking you, what is in you? What is in you? When the enemy will come, when the enemy will visit, when the, the hearts of hell will visit, what is in you? Jesus said, he has nothing in me. Glory to God. I explained to you the last time, how can the Lord be in us and we be in him? And I read from one of the Indian sadhus many years ago. He said, he asked and he redeemed an angel. How do we be in God? How are we in God and how can God be in us? And one of the answers he wrote in his books was like, it's like putting a little sponge or like a little foam in water and you put that thing in water. As you put that thing in water, that foam is in water, right? And as it's in the water, it begins to soak the water. So the foam is in the water, all right, but the water is so huge, this foam is so little, that as it's in him, now parts of this water molecules enter into that sponge or the foam. So when you take out that foam and you give it a squeeze, glory to God, you, all that comes out of it is not the emptiness that it was before, but all that comes out of this foam is that substance in which he's, he's living in. So imagine yourself as that little sponge and you are dipped into him. And the more you stay in him and the more you are in him and the more you dwell in him, the substance of the divine enters your being. The substance of the divine enters your being. That when they take you out and somebody throws a punch and somebody brings an attack, all they get out of you is that God form. Is that God form. You are a composite made of the divine nature of God and your human form. Glory to Jesus. And this God form that is in you is what the enemy has no power because the divine component is so strong that you can look him right in the face. Hallelujah. Close Penelian, there's such an anointing in this room that you can look him right in the face 
and tell him you have nothing in me you have nothing in me you have nothing in me that's what jesus said he said i'm going yes i'm about to die i know that and i see the ruler of this world coming i see the one that prescribes error that makes princes slaves and takes out what be- belongs to them i see him coming but he has nothing in me hallelujah hey he may throw his biggest punch but the more they punch you like that sponge or that you know that foam all that comes out of you is that god form is the molecules of water i think there's a scripture in proverbs 31 or terry he says that those that tarry long at the wine their eyes are red the more you stay with him the more you stay in him you realize that his nature his nature comes into you his form comes into you and so when you get out there and Paul said we are pressed on every side we are you know distressed but not discouraged we are pushed in every side and the more we push us they see something coming out of you and that is the god form this is what what made Jesus able to look at the enemy in the face and say you got nothing in me and i'm praying that some of you here some of you here are going to be able to look at cancer and you look at death you look at disease you look at poverty you look at affliction and say i see you coming yes i see you alright but you have nothing in me hey glory to jesus you have nothing in me you have nothing you have nothing you have he has nothing in you i'm telling you you are about to surprise people masokadabam de crospayade he has nothing in me say to yourself he has nothing in me hallelujah where did all this start you know in when you look at the creation god the father i love him today i was talking to him i said i thank you i thank you lord i thank you lord he said let us make create humans in our image and likeness so we see he takes out of the ground and he takes us and he breathes his breath into him so we see this in that image of god or this nature of god or this constitution of god being deposited in human right so this creates a composite and which is made of the earth and the spirit of god and that and that person that comes out is supposed to be a god being hallelujah is not a human being is you a god being say i'm a god being oh la mosete i was just telling stella my wife that i don't know how i'm going to say this app the lord has taught me so much and i don't know how to even say listen i say you are a god being you are not a human being and you can choose to be human you can choose to dwell in the oppressions of the lower realm or you can choose to dwell in the higher realm i'm living the higher life glory to jesus and i am enjoying the higher realms and my oppressions are in this higher realm when when god made us like that it was pure before the fall adam adam was one person who enjoyed this nature of god without any issues you know he had the pure form of god in him this is wonderful right now for the purposes of comparison about what i'm talking about of this god nature in us we could look at adam or we could look at jesus right because everybody between those two were subject to the fall so we are looking at adam before the fall and i don't want to con- consider jesus now because people will feel he's the son of god but i will explain to you that eh, almost everything jesus did on this earth was not because he was the son of god and you can do the same say i can do the same hallelujah say i can do the same 
Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. So we see Adam being created by God. And then God brings him animals, right? And then the Bible says in Genesis 2, don't worry because of time, I'm just going to be paraphrasing this. And then he says that, the Bible says that he names all of them just like God would have named them. So if this man is functioning like God, hallelujah. Can I see some God beings here? Can I, can, can I see some God beings just lift up your hand wherever you are in your room and say to yourself that I'm a God being. I have the nature of God in me, hallelujah. I am full of the anointing. Hey, the spirit of God is so strong in me. You are a God being. You are no human being. I understand that, that you are human. But you are more God being than a human being. If so be that the Spirit of God dwells in you. And so, even when God wanted to create Eve, you know, the Bible says that he put Adam to a deep sleep. That's what the Bible says. He put him into a deep sleep and took out his rib and made a woman and then presented it to him. So he woke the boy up and said, hey, buddy, wake up. And so the guy is awoken and then he sees Eve and immediately... This God being who was put to sleep and didn't see everything begins to describe everything to God. He says, truly, this is bone of my bones. How did he know that she was taken out of her bones? His bones. He said, this is flesh of my flesh for she was taken out of me. And so I will call her, her a woman. This is the origins of the supernatural life. I could, I, could be, I could describe this as the prophetic life, but I know many people have abused the word prophetic. So this is the origins of the supernatural life. Hallelujah. He was put to sleep by God, not by human anesthesia, not by any medical thing. God himself put him to this sleep, yet he woke up and his spirit, the divine nature in him was so strong, he could still tell everything that happened. This is the God life. Hallelujah. This is the God form. It is this godliness that we are expected to exhibit. It is this godliness that the ruler of this world, which is Satan and his powers, are against. So they do not want or they want to prevent us from manifesting this godliness or this godlikeness or this god form in us. The composite being that is formed out of that human who has the manifest presence or who has the amplified nature of God within him is a rep true representation of who God is. Hallelujah. Such people, even though they are also trapped in this world, in this realm, and have the limitations of this lower realm, those people are distributors of life. Those people, they do things that in this lower realm we call miracles. Yet in the higher realm, that is the natural order. Glory to Jesus. So what we refer to as miracles here, they are natural. They are just natural things in they are just natural things in the higher life. Glory to God. Those things that we refer to as miracles. In the higher realm, they are just natural things. How does the enemy try to do this? How does he try to do this? The plan of Satan is to make sure he cannot touch the God nature in you. He cannot touch that God nature in you. In fact, he cannot touch it at all. So what he does is that he will try to to present you opportunities that will cause an incompatibility between that God form in you and, and, and yourself, all right? So what is happening is that 
then that divine nature of God in you is now incompatible with certain things you are doing. I explained this in my last teaching as the bread that Satan presents. And so, when Jesus Christ, as a human, went to fast and pray, the Bible says that there were beasts around him. And I explained that any time, and this is the corruption of Satan, that any time you want to engage in a spiritual activity, that will magnify or amplify the nature of the divine in you, your God being, your God form, and give you access into this higher realm, immediately the enemy comes. And there are beasts around. When you read Mark's account, Scripture says that there were beasts around Jesus when he was fasting. And the devil came and he presented him bread and he offered him. Now the bread he gave to him was not just bread, ordinary bread, but those were the offerings of Satan that carried the capacity to create an, a dissonance within our composite body. So once you take on these things, then you realize that the divine nature is going down and the carnal nature is coming up. And then you lose that God form and you are not able to enjoy the higher life that Jesus has promised us and you become a slave to the lower realm. It is this corruption that Peter describes in Second Peter 2. He says that we should escape the corruption of this world. And I'm telling you, not just sexual perversion, but the greatest corruption is having God beings trapped slaves in the lower realm. May God help us and grant us power to overcome this in Jesus' mighty name. This is what he did. So with Cain and Abel, when, when he presented him with opportunities for sin, jealousy, envy, those things, anytime you have a, an opportunity to sin, I want you to remember this, that you are just doing yourself disservice. You are crushing your God form and you are building your human nature. Anytime you touch sin, anytime you take the bread that Satan offers, it doesn't matter whether it's through a beautiful woman, whether it's through a nice man, whether it's through a bad opportunity, whether it's through money, whether it's through fame. If you take the bread Satan offers, you reduce the God form and then you amplify the human nature. Then you lose the ability to express or manifest this higher life, and now you become a slave to the lower life. And that is what happened to Cain. So God came to him in Genesis 4, don't worry about showing it. And he said, get out of my presence. And then Cain cries in Genesis 4:15 and says, my punishment is too much than I can bear. What punishment was he talking about? He has lost access into the higher realm. Cain was not talking about the fact that the ground would be cursed for him. He continued to work as a farmer and even build cities. He was talking about the fact that as a person, he did not have that expression of the divine anymore. And he said, for now, I will be removed from your presence. I will not be a God being. I will not be representative of God on this earth. I pray that you will manifest God wherever you are in the name of Jesus and you will reject the bread that Satan offers. Now, who will be our example? Because Adam did not exhaust this God form that he had. And if I talk about Jesus right now, people will be concerned. Because he was the son of God. But Jesus didn't walk on water because he was the son of God. He didn't raise the dead because he was the son of God. He didn't disappear and appear because he was the son of God. He, did, he didn't turn loose into multiples and, and water into wine because he was the son of God. No, as a matter of fact, he did not do anything because he was the son of God. 
If the things he could have done as the son of God, he didn't do them. He never did them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at, look at Matthew chapter 26, verse number 52 to 54. I have so much to say, so I'm going to be going fast. But we have another meeting next week and then another meeting at the end of March. Matthew 26, 52 to 54. When they came to arrest him and Peter took out his sword and you know, cut one of the servants, Jesus said, put your sword back in its place for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. And do you think, that's, that's what I want you to know, do you think I cannot pray now to the Father? And now he's talking that, do you think I cannot act as a son? Do you think I cannot pray to the Father for him to give me more than 12 legions? Now we are talking about 72,000, 80,000, over 100,000 soldiers. More than 12 legions who will come now to fight for me. But how then will the scriptures be fulfilled? How then? How? Listen to him. Jesus is saying, "I'm, I'm not here to operate as a son of God. I'm here to go through this life as a human and to teach others and to teach people how possible you can live in this realm and still not be a slave to to, to the rulers of this world. He says that how then can the scriptures be fulfilled if I do not show them how to do this as humans, if I do not show them that. In John 19 verse 10 when he stood before Pilate, and you don't have to show that. When he stood before Pilate, Pilate said, would you not answer me? Don't you know I have power to release you? And he said to them, you are a very funny man. Power has been given to you. because Otherwise, you cannot. I am the one who is actually controlling what's happening now. Jesus never did anything as a son of God. Everything he did was because he wanted to show us how to come up hither and enjoy that higher life. John 14, verse 12, when, when Thomas was, you know, going to show us the Father, show us the Father. He's like, but you've seen me, and if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And as he is in the Father, so are we in him. Hallelujah. And he said that I do nothing of myself except what I see the Father do. And the Lord was teaching, telling me a few days ago that now you will see the things I'm, I'm going to do and you begin to do them. Ah, the Lord spoke to me a few days ago. He said, the son, I'm bringing you into divine realities. Things you see in the divine shall become so physical and obvious around you. May you also receive this impact. And may you receive this anointing to have the translations of the divine into the physical. We can do everything Jesus did. I want to say it one more time to you. We can do everything Jesus did. We can live like he did, lived. We can function like he did. You can do everything, and I mean everything. You can raise the dead. You can open blind eyes. I pray for deaf ears to open and they've opened. I pray for blind eyes to open and they've opened. I pray for cripples to walk and they have walked. I pray for people who could not conceive and they've conceived. I pray for sick people and they've been healed. Everything Jesus did, you could do. And I didn't even know what I know now. I can't wait to go, go back to my crusades now. Glory to God. I can't wait to go back to those healing crusades I used to do. And now we're armed with this knowledge. Second Peter chapter 2, he says that when Whereby, by these, uh, by his, as his divine power has given unto us all these great and precious promises, everything we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of Jesus. Everything comes by the full discernment of who God is. He's, he asked Peter in Matthew 14 or 15, he says, Who do the people say that I am when they were coming from Caesarea Philippi? He says, some of them say you are prophets. Some of them say you are Moses. Some say you are Elijah. He says, but who do you say I am? 
He says that you are Christ. Hallelujah. You are the son of the living God. Hallelujah. You are the Messiah. He had a full discernment of who Jesus is. Glory to God. And he says upon this revelation of the full discernment of who Christ is, the church will be built. Hallelujah. Get ready. And I'm going to use death because the list can go on and on. And death is one of the greatest, you know, enemies of this lower realm. But you see, when you enter into the higher realm, you realize that time, mortality, and the constraints of time that we experience in this realm are not. Have you ever been in a vision? And it was just for like a minute in this earthly realm. But you realize you were in, you, it's as if you spent like two, three hours in the vision. Yes, the scriptures have said this already. He said the day is like a thousand to the Lord. You see, comparing the higher realm with the lower realm. He says, time fails in the higher realm. The constraints of time that we have in here in the lower realm are not like that in the higher realm. Come on, glory to Jesus. Even life and mortality, when they had the initial form of God in them before corruption of sin was so increased, did you realize how long they lived? They lived like 600 years, 700 years, 500 years, unless you don't believe the Bible. But it's right in the Bible. Some of them lived 900 years. Why? Those people were the early participants or partakers of that higher form, that divine nature. And that nature that they partook of, the, the divine nature doesn't have mortality in it. Glory to Jesus. That is why when we put off this earthly jacket, we will live forever with him. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus, I'm, I'm so happy people raised the dead before Jesus came. Otherwise, we would have said he raised the dead because he was the son of God. Again, he did not raise the dead because he was the son of God. Elijah raised the dead already. In First Kings chapter 17, that, that woman that he stayed with, child died. Elijah stretched himself on the board three times and said, Lord, let his life come back into him. And immediately the boy's life came back to him. Just fast forward Elijah and, and look at Elijah. He raised many dead people. As for Elijah, even when he died and they buried him and they threw somebody who was dead also into 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 his tomb he he got up and people would say why did he die and i've heard pastors teaching that he would die from sickness he died from old age right he didn't die from sickness elijah died from old age and these these are god carriers these are the distributors of life peter raised the dead Paul raised the dead many many of the apostles raised the dead so when jesus himself came now these people raised the dead because jesus who is the origin of life? John chapter 1. He says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He says, He was in the beginning with God. All things were created by Him. There wasn't anything that was created without Him. Hallelujah. And in Him was life. That is what I'm talking about. In Him was life. And the life in Him became the light of all people and the light of men or the light of humans, right? And this light shines so bright and the darkness cannot overcome it. Hallelujah. Can I preach to you? Glory to Jesus. In Him is life. Jesus is the origin of all life. Jesus is the origin of all creation. Jesus is the reason things exist. Be thrones, be dominions, be powers, be principalities. They were created by Him and for Him. He is the reason why things have life. Now, the life in Him is called the Zoe in the Greek. 
and that is the God kind of life that is the full abundance of all life. Now, this life is not what is in created things. It is a derivative of this life that is in created things. So the, the, the ability says all things came into being by him is that through his Zoe, I feel like standing up, hallelujah, through the Zoe of God, things which were not existing came into being. That is genomaya. That is bringing things into being, causing things to appear, ordaining things to happen. That is one form of God. When you read Romans chapter 4 verse 17, I explained this in the last teaching we did. Jesus Christ, glory to Jesus. God was talking about Abraham and then he said, Who believed in God? Who raises the dead? Who gives life to dead things? And then he calls those things which are not as though they are. I want to explain these two aspects of who our God is. On the one side, we see him giving life to dead things. And on the second part, we see him calling things which do not exist. Now, that is what John described. He said that, and in him was life and all things that came out of him were things that he could create without any substance. So we are looking at two aspects of the Lord. And the first aspect is that he calls things which are not as though they are. And I know people have been quoting this scripture, but can you listen to me for a moment? Resurrection is one of the easiest things in the higher realm. Ooh, glory to God. And I know people are just going to be like, what are you saying, doctor? Listen, resurrection and giving life to things which are dead is one of the easiest things in the higher realm. That is why I'm glad that Elijah raised the dead. That is why I'm glad that Elisha raised the dead. That is why I'm glad that Ezekiel had these visions of the dry bones coming to life. That is why I'm also glad that Peter raised the dead, Paul raised the dead. I won't talk about Jesus because people would think he was the son of God. But all these people raised, either Hosea raised the dead. Many men of God and women of God have raised the dead. Resurrection is one of the easiest things that can happen. Are you listening to me? How? It is easy in the higher realm. It is easy in the higher realm. But it is impossible in the lower realm. So the language of the lower realm that is used to describe events of the higher realm that manifest in the lower realm is miracle. When there is no basis of explanation, when we cannot talk about it, then they say this is nothing but a miracle. I say get ready for the realities of the divine in your life. If so be that the spirit of God is in you and you are in him. Glory to Jesus. Jesus' life, the Zoe. The reason why I'm saying resurrection is the easiest is that God, Romans 4.17, Abraham believed God in whom he had power to what? Give life to dead things and to call those things which are not in existence. Now let's look at the two. Calling things which do not exist to manifest. And then something that exists that is dead and giving life to it one is more difficult. Of course, calling things which do not exist. That was what John said. He said, all things came into being through him. Things which did not exist. God did not 
go into creation by taking some second-hand wealth and recreating it for people. No, he called things into being. Let this appear. Let this come out. Let this come out. Let us make this. These were things that did not exist. He did not need any pre-existing substance to create. I want to speak to somebody who is in need. Who is in need of something that the, the, the powers of this realm cannot offer. That get ready for a genomiah. Get ready for the calling forth of things which do not exist to appear to you. Oh, you don't, you don't know. Things can appear. Things. I had, I had a, a testimony from one pastor that in the 70s he met my father preaching. And then my father gave him a prophecy that when you go home, you, you will see a radio by your, by your table. And this man never had a radio. He's called Reverend Saba. And I've seen, I think one of his nieces are online. And he didn't have a radio in his room. And this person was like, are you crazy? What are you talking about? And he got there right from the meeting. He ran from the meeting and went there. And somebody had brought a new radio. So it was a radio he never saw who put it there. Now, I'm not saying this appeared. But if it appeared, I believe it. I believe the virgin birth. I cannot. I believe that things can appear. Glory to Jesus. And so he calls things which are not. Hey, in the name of Jesus. May things which are not appear right now. May things which are not appear. My older brother had come to Ghana with his family for an ordination. And they live in London. They closed their doors and came to Ghana. When they finished the ceremony in Ghana and went back home into their living room, all his framed pictures in their glasses had anointing oil dripping right on his forehead. Every framed picture dripping right on his forehead. God who calls things which are not to appear. Now, the church has been fixated on the power of the resurrection. And I'm telling you that the power of the resurrection is one of the least in the things he does. Because he doesn't need pre-existing matter to give life. He is life. And that's why he calls things to come into being. The genomaya is more powerful than the zupio. Quickening things to come into being is not a problem. That's why Elijah did it. That's why Elisha did it. That's why when Jesus came and they told him, Lazarus, you see, everybody that the men of old and the other prophets had raised, death was immediately instant. The person dies, maybe within one day, they got to go wake him up. All right. So one, two days they wake him up. That was the main reason why when they told Jesus Lazarus had died, he decided to wait. He said, I'm going to wait because all these small boys were manifesting the derivatives of my life. And they could raise the dead. And now this, Jesus had raised the, the, the centurion's, uh, the, the, that official's daughter. Jesus had raised people who had just died. And so he was like, okay, let this one wait. Because according to the Jewish customs, after four days, they believe the spirit is gone. And decomposition would have set in. And that's why Martha said, he stinks by now. The place is stinking. By now, Jesus waited for four days just to prove a point. And then when he got there, he started talking to Martha. And then they said, if you had come early, maybe just around the time when he was dying, when he had a little bit of life in him, oh, he would have lived. And Jesus is saying, oh, you, you, you guys, you guys, you don't get this, right? I am the resurrection and the life. Then he said, yeah, 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 we believe in the resurrection, he will rise. Jesus is trying to tell Martha, look, I can use the dead substance of Lazarus and resurrect it to give you life. 
Or are you ready for this? Now hold your horses and hold your chair. Don't, don't be afraid of what I'm going to say. Or we can leave that Lazarus in the tomb and you go find another Lazarus in your room. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Because this is that God who calls things which are not in existence to come. He said to her, he said, I know you, I know you rise again, I know. And Jesus said, I am the reason why they rise. But he could have stopped at the resurrection. But he says, I am the life. I am the reason why things come into existence. Now, Lazarus was dead four days. He was thinking that Jesus knelt down and he didn't have to pray. I'm telling you, he didn't have to pray. If you realize everything in the scriptures, the Syrophoenician woman that came to Jesus said, my daughter is possessed of the devil. He said, go. And at that instant, the child was healed. The centurion came. He said, my, my child is at the point of death. He said, go, your son lives. And at that moment, the person is healed. He didn't have to pray. He was walking in the higher realm. He did this not because he was the son of God. If he was doing this as the son of God, I am telling you, they could not take it. Because that Lazarus, he wouldn't have, have any need to go to that Lazarus in the tomb. And another Lazarus would appear. And they will go to their tomb and the rotting bones will be there. And this will be that same Lazarus. I'm sure it's going to freak them out. Because he calls things which are not as though they are. Glory to Jesus. That is what John said. These things came into being because of him. And then we see him giving life to things. That's why he himself died and he, he had to just get up. That's for death is just one of those little things. Glory to Jesus. You can enjoy this higher life. I say you can enjoy this higher life. If so be that the Spirit of God is in you. If so be that the Spirit of God is in you. This is Jesus. He's calling things which are not. The church has focused. You see, this would be a strange teaching for people. This would be so, very hard for some people. But for those who are able to receive it, listen, you can experience the higher life. The things which afflict people in this realm cannot have any. John 14, 30b, he said, he has nothing in me. Nothing in me. Nothing in me. Acts chapter 28, verse number 1. Paul was coming with the colleagues. There was a ship, a storm on the way. And then, because he was living in a different realm, he says, a messenger from the higher realm has told me that I'm not going to die. I need to go forward. And so everybody with me here, in, the, in this boat, because of me, you are going to leave. These storms kill people. But I tell you that, hey, Basayare, may you be the reason for the deliverance of your entire home. May you be the reason your entire company is saved. He said, the messenger from the realm under which I operate, a messenger from that realm has come, and he's told me that we are going on. So this, this hot wind of the enemy, this storm of the enemy, cannot. He, he went to sleep. Jesus is not the first person that slept in a storm. Paul also slept in a storm. You can do the same thing. If so be that the Spirit of God is in you. Hallelujah. And then he got out on the island of Malta and it was so cold and everybody was talking about how they nearly died in a shipwreck and he's just quiet and they set fire and yes, he was sitting by the fire poisonous snake, a poisonous viper, latches onto his hand and bites him and spills poison into his body. Bible says in Acts 28, he says, all the people started saying, 
this man is a sinner. First he had a, a storm and now a poisonous snake has bitten him and they waited to see if his body would swell and he would die. They were applying the natural dynamics of the lower realm to this person. But what they did not know was that this Paul had been like a little sponge, had been soaked in that water, who had been soaked in life to the extent that the life had entered into him. So when poison from the lower realm touched him and beat him, the Bible says he shook it off and he walked away. And everybody waited to the point that it was expected for something to happen to him and nothing happened to him. Then they said, as to verse number says, that he is a God, he is a God, he is a God, he is a God. I tell you, you are a God being and not a human being. If so be that life is in you, and as people are waiting, hey, if you some people are waiting because you have received some diagnosis or you have received some calamities or some terrible stories or some things have come your way, some afflictions and things that are not are not so good, and that according to the realm of this lower order that you expected to swell and you expected to die. I tell you, shake it off, shake it off, shake it off. I think somewhere in 2014 or 15, I I was ministering in Vista in Oxford, and there was a woman standing before me, a British lady, white lady, and I heard the Spirit of God say, I am cleansing her blood. I walked straight to her and said, the Lord says, he is cleansing your blood. I didn't know this woman had leukemia. And, And she looked at me and said, what? And I said, that's all I heard. He said, he's cleansing your blood. Fast forwarded, he comes several months later, sends a long email, I am free of that cancer in my blood. This is the manifestation of the higher realm. And this is a natural order in the higher realm. But we, are, we don't have words to explain it. They did not have words to explain how poison, a poisonous snake could bite a person and he will not swell and die. They didn't have words to explain. So they said he must be a god. He's operating in a different realm. He's operating in a different realm. I say you are operating in a different realm. I say you are operating in a different realm. Glory to Jesus. I say you are operating in a different realm. Come on, are you receiving it? Are you receiving it? Receive the higher life. I say receive the higher life. I say receive the higher life. I was troubled by something many months ago. I was afflicted many months ago as I was crying in prayer. Then I heard a voice say, why are you worrying about this? Come up in me and enjoy my life. And I said, what about? According to the principles of this lower realm, this is what is supposed to happen. He said, no, it is for those who are slaves to this realm. And some of the things that the Lord is teaching me, I cannot even say. Some of the things the Lord is teaching, I cannot say. But I'm telling you, like that radio appeared in that man's office, in that man's room. Something is going to appear out of nowhere. I say resurrection is the least. You know, you know the, 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 the grace of God is so sweet. In John chapter 5, the Bible says that there was by um, the sheep market a pool, which is in Bethesda, right? And it had five porches and many sick folks came there and to receive healing. I'm sure that one day somebody saw that water, you know, bubbling and then probably a sick person had stepped in and then, and then it got healed. Right, and then probably happened again. So, like when you have a new prophet or a pastor in town, when miracles are happening, everybody starts going there. So, after a while, many people brought their sick folks there, and they were staying there. And the seasonality of this occurrence was not predictable. 
So they could not predict that it will happen today. So now they pitched their tents and then recamped over them. We see these people camping there and remaining there, sick folks. And occasionally, a derivative of their life. This was not Jesus. This is not Jesus. They, they, they claimed an angel because they could not see. And it was never the devil. There is no good in the Satan. That if Satan is giving you an offer now, he's offering you bread. No, that even the good Satan is doing its evil. He has an evil plan. So the, the people assumed and concluded this is an angel of the Lord. And now they brought a lot of people there. Uh, but they could not predict the seasonality of it. So they stayed and slept there. And occasionally, the stirrings of the pool at Bethesda was, was a response of mercy. Hallelujah. Can I preach to you? I said the stirrings of the pool at Bethesda was a response of God's mercy. It was a response of mercy. So God looked at slaves, slaves in the lower realm, trapped by sickness, trapped by disease, trapped by affliction, trapped by many things. And occasionally, he speaks to the water. I don't even believe an angel had to fly all the way down. That is too much work. Listen, what is at stake is so big. And I'm praying that churches will be revived. I was in prayer this dawn. And I was asking the Lord, why? Why is it that then we don't see these things? And I understood it, Lord, that, that, that we don't have that, that divine nature anymore. Pastors are full of theological nature. Pastors and preachers are full of uh, the words of human wisdom. But they are not full of that divine component. They are the, the, the composite that should form between the higher level of the divine component and the lower level of the carnal nature is not there anymore. So in our churches, we speak so long and we sing so long and there are no manifestations of his power. But we see a merciful God in response to slaves of the lower realm begin to cyclically and seasonally turn and flip water and fill water body with power. And the Bible says, whosoever entered in, it did not matter what the sickness was. Are you listening to me? Whether it was HIV, whether it was terminal cancer, whether it was an incurable disease, it did not matter what the sickness was. Once they stepped into the provision of his mercy, this was a derivative of his life. This was not Jesus. This was not even an angel. This was just, hey, water be filled with life. And the water receives life. And anybody that stepped in was immediately healed. Now, have you ever read in the Bible and in your stories, even about ordinary men that healed and Jesus, that anytime he healed somebody, you got healed for three days and then you came back and you had sickness? No. Even when he stood by the, the tomb of Lazarus. And I'm telling you that Lazarus that came out was not the same one that died. That's what I'm trying to say. Because he calls things which are not as though they are. He calls things to appear. A person who had been dead for four days, eating is rotten, everything gone. Uh, what we call it in medicine, rigomotis, his proteins, exodus, everything is gone. He's smelling. And in a moment, that same person comes out fresh looking. No swelling, no smell, nothing. As if a newborn baby. And you are telling me that he worked on that dead body and was doing what? No. This was calling a new guy to come out from the tomb. That guy they tied and put in there, that body was gone. He came out looking glorious. And they just had to loosen him. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. This is That is life. And so, and so his response to, to our depravity is to heal. 
And that is what is happening in John 5. And he gets there. Jesus himself gets there. And somebody was there for long. And Jesus says, you want to be healed? He says, you know what? You know what? The cycle is not yet up. Jesus says, you don't need any cycles. Can I prophesy to somebody? Welcome to the higher life. He says, take your mat and get out of here. You are healed. He says, we don't get healed like that. We have to wait for the water to be, to be stirred. And then we can be cured. He says, you don't need any water. Get up and go. When you are standing with the origin of life, that is why Martha and Mary could not get the picture that the man that stood in front of Lazarus' tomb did not need the rotten body of Lazarus to use to bring Lazarus back. That man could call a new Lazarus to come, and he was going to come. As a matter of fact, that Lazarus that came was a new one. He didn't come out, and whatever killed him was still there. Are you understanding me? The Lazarus that came out didn't come back and still had that chronic disease that killed him. Whatever disease that killed him, he was a young man, was not there when he came back. That is why I'm telling you that everything in that dead person was not the same. He came out a new person, I prophesy in the name of Jesus that you are receiving this new life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Another example about him calling things which are not in existence is to be him, is seen in Genesis 17 and 18. He comes to Abraham and to Sarah and says, A year by this time you have a child, and don't bother showing the scripture because of time. Now, the Bible says it has ceased to be with Sarah as it were with women. So, what scripture is saying? Sarah was in menopause, Sarah was not menstruating. Now, if she was not menstruating, then when she got pregnant, we could never know. Are you listening to me? Because she wasn't menstruating. Now, if she's not menstruating, and I have many doctors here, I see them already. So if she's not menstruating, definitely we know there's no ovarian follicles. There's no follicle stimulating hormone. There's no luteinizing hormone. There's no estradiol. There's nothing. We don't have the early sex. We don't have no ovum. We don't have any meiosis or mitosis happening. We don't have any somatic cells. Don't get me started on this science thing. We don't have anything going on. And he says, about this time next year, glory to God. Uh, you, see, you see, he has to come down to our realm for us to understand. But what I'm trying to teach you is that Isaac could have been born that day the Lord was talking to them. Glory to Jesus. He calls those things which are not as though they are. So he says, you know what? Just to allow the operations of this realm to happen, about this time next year I'll be back. And she's going to have a baby. But there was no ovum. There was no egg. There was no hormones, right? So that day she got pregnant, nobody knows. Right? Now, what God did on Sarah. Are you ready for this? Fasten your seatbelt. And I'll try and, and try and be narrowing down. I have so much to say. What God did for Sarah. Are you ready? Now, I've told you, according to John, that and in him all things came to being. That word there is the genomaya. That is to bring something that does not exist. That, that coming into being is a function of the life that is in Christ. That's Zoe life. That God kind of life. This is the life he said he's given to us. This is the reason why I say you can raise the dead. Because the life of Christ that he uses for everything is an abundant life that belongs to God. And this life, which is in him, 
Oh, I need to calm down and let you understand. It's released unto us. So it's able to bring things which are not in existence, number one. And then from Romans 4.17, we realize that he's able to give life, and that life he gives to dead things is not that life that he uses to bring things. I hope you understand. So I will not use life for God. I will say the nature. There is this nature of God that is able to bring things into being. And that coming into existence is one. Then there is this same nature that is able to give life to things which are dead. So that is two. And that is the resurrection part. That is zupio. That is quickening. So when you have something that is weak, you get strength. But the first one, that's why I say resurrection is easier. Because the first one doesn't need anything that is weak. He called the things and they appear. Right? That is how Philip could disappear from one town to the other. It's not Jesus. This wasn't Jesus was just appear, going through walls, coming here, appearing here. He's not the only person that did it. Philip also did that. Even before Jesus did, Elijah was doing it. When you read First Kings chapter 17 and 18, Obadiah said to Elijah, when Elijah said, go and tell Ahab I'm here, he said, I won't go. Because by the time I come back, the Spirit of God would have taken you from here and sent you to another place. Then we will search the entire country and not find you. Are you listening to that? So this is what is happening. Now in the house of Sarah, and I pray that you begin to experience these realities. He says, I'll come back next year. But we all know that there's nothing with this woman going on according to, you know, the hormones and the reproductive cycle. But suddenly this woman is pregnant. And we don't know when she got pregnant. I believe that Hagar was still laughing at Sarah when Sarah was like three months pregnant. But Sarah was menopausal. Now listen, what did God do on Sarah? Did he do a resurrection of dead things? Or did he do a calling into existence of those things which be not? What did God do on Sarah? God, are you ready? Fasten your seatbelt. God did not awaken Sarah's womb. God did not restore the deadness. God did not reverse menopause in Sarah. No. Because if God reversed menopause in Sarah after Sarah had Isaac, she should have returned to menstruation. She should have returned to what happens with women. But Sarah did not return to the thing that happens with women. Sarah did not return to having a menstrual cycle. It means that Sarah, God, did not use the superior, the quickening of dead things like touching her womb and reversing menopause. No, God put that baby in there. He just put that baby in there. And that is why I want to tell you and predict that that Isaac had nothing to do with Abraham. It, 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 it had nothing to do with Abraham. He had everything to do with the one that said, I will come a year today and there's going to be a baby. And he's doing that because if they see Isaac right now, they will probably lose their mind. But I'm saying God could call Isaac into being immediately whilst he was there. Are you understanding that this is the God that calls all things in this world into being? And this God is now saying, I need one year to give you a child. How possible? He calls all things, powers, principalities, rulers, the heavens, the earth. He call it and they appear. And he's saying that I need a year to give you this child. Because your mind cannot take it. Because you cannot take it. Sarah did not return to a menstrual cycle. I was about to say Stella, my wife. Sarah never went back to having 
a cycle. But she had a baby. I'm here to prophesy to somebody who has a limitation of reproduction, a limitation of physiology, a limitation put in place by the natural cycles of the lower realm that get ready for life. Life is visiting you. Get ready for life. Life is visiting you. You will not return. Menopause will not be reversed, but you will have that child. And she had that child and she did not return to menstruating. That tells you that child was not the result, was not the result of a quickening or a resurrection of dead uterus and hormones and ovaries that was calling into existence. Now receive, receive, receive. Now this knowledge, if you don't have, you can never receive this form of miracles. That is how can he call the fish to bring him money? The fish was not carrying money already. That is how come he... Oh, let me, let me take my time. Glory to Jesus. I say receive life in the name of Jesus. Receive life in the name of Jesus. Receive life in the name of Jesus. I remember uh, seeing a, a young girl who could not speak. And she said, according to the parents, something had hit her in the face, a black object, and she went mute. And as I was taking the history from this person, then I felt a strong presence of God over me. And then I heard the voice of God. This was somewhere in 2007, 2008. He said, pray, my son. So I started praying. And as I was praying, something came out of her tongue. And it looked like that. And the girl started screaming out her name and speaking. Her name, I will never forget. She said, my name is Jessica. She spoke. I hear she's a nurse now. And she saw my flyer with somebody. I was like, I need to see this man. She, you see, that. She met a God being. This is not blasphemy. This is the divine nature of God in me is on the rise. Glory to God. And that human nature is down. I am a composite of a divine being. Hallelujah. And you know what? What God did with Sarah is different from what he did with Hannah. Hannah could not conceive and have children. The visitation of life that Hannah had was a quickening, was a zupio. It was not a calling into existence. Because we see that this Hannah after Samuel still went on to have other children. But what happened with Sarah? What happened with Samson and his parents? What happened with Zacharias and Elizabeth? They were not a quickening. They were God calling into being. Receive that baby into your womb, if you can believe. Receive that baby. I said many years ago that the reason why God will wait for your husband to be home, for something to happen, and he will give you the miracle is that if your husband comes from trek or traveling and sees you pregnant, he say you committed adultery. Otherwise, God will not need that man to give you a child. But these are things that we tell those who are mature in the law. May things which are not appear to you. Everything Jesus did, you can do. Receive the higher life. I say receive the higher life. What is sickness? It cannot dwell in your body. Take it off in the name of Jesus. What is opposition in your marriage? What is the trouble with your children? What are those issues happening? You cannot have the Zoe in you. That life, the essence of all life in you and struggle. You can take quickening in him or you can take a calling into existence in him. And there is so more that we can assess. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus walked on water. He didn't walk on water because he was the son of God. 
You don't know who walked on water to? Peter walked on water. Jesus was walking on water. When he got there, Matthew chapter 14, he was walking on the water and they, they thought he was a ghost. And so we have 12, and I preached this sermon many years ago 12 potential sea walkers. People who could tread water for the first time in history. But, but even that, let me, let me backtrack a bit. Elijah divided the river and walked through. Elijah also divided the river and walked through. Joshua and the priest put the ark and their feet in the water, and the water dried and they walked through. Moses and, and, and the Israelites, the seas are parted into two. That was why when Jesus came, he said, All these small boys have taken, up, have taken some little part of my life and look at what they are doing. I will not even divide this water, I will walk on it. And so Jesus is walking on it. And then Peter says, If it is you, Twelve of them were afraid. But Peter says, If it is you, call me to come. And he says, What are you waiting for? Just come. And he gets out, right? I'm on Matthew chapter 14. He gets out and starts walking on the water. And then he sees a storm. Anytime you are assessing the higher realm, anytime you're engaging in a spiritual activity, anytime you are beginning something new, then there are beasts that are released. So immediately the devil throws in a distraction and he takes his eyes off Jesus and he begins to sink. But then listen, I believe he had gotten so close to Jesus because the Bible says, then the Lord stretched his hand and picked him up. But you should read、um, verse number 32 because the Bible says, and after the Lord took him back up, that's Matthew chapter 14,、uh, verse number 32. After the Lord took him back, he says, then they walked back to the boat. So I'm telling you, Jesus, are you ready for this? Jesus didn't carry Peter in his hands after he took him out of the sinking、uh, water. He didn't carry him in his hand like this and walk to the, the boat. They had to walk together back to the boat. Are you understanding me? Jesus didn't walk on water because he was the Son of God. Peter also walked on water. But this is it. We had one out of 12. And that is what I believe is happening today. These were 12 God beings, 12 potential God beings who could manifest the nature of God. Yet we see only one out of them. This percentage is less than 0.1. This percentage is so small. One out of 12 decides to step on that water. And they were there. What happened? When they saw him taking steps, they should, I would have jumped out and followed. Potential sea walkers couldn't get their name registered in history. But when he sank, and I'm, I'm sure they were like, aha, what she are you see you falling? Jesus took him out and they walked back to Jesus didn't carry Peter on his neck and took him, took him back to the boat. No. They walk back to the boat. Are you ready? I say, are you ready for this higher life? Now, how you can assess this higher life? I have mentioned it in brief, but next week I will explain how you can assess this higher life. This life, according to 2 Peter chapter 2, we have been given everything. Listen, if you are here and you have any limitation in your human body, if you struggle, any problem you are going through, I'm, I'm about to just share with you that as I pray with you right now. That you have a visitation of life. A visitation of life. I remember many years ago, I was a young man listening to my father preach in one of his church services. He was preaching the word, no prayer, nothing, just talking about the King of Kings. I saw a crippled young man at the back of the church get up, his feet started shaking, get up and started walking from the back, no prayer, no laying on of hands. Oh my God. Are you ready for this life? Lift up your hand wherever you are. 
Ma die cresti pro nesprenita la ane grestios. And begin to pray and thank God for this revelation he's given and this wonderful revelation he's given. I see that the reason why churches are not exceeding this God form is that the preachers themselves have not been able to see the, the lifting up of this nature in them. And so we are full of words and theories. We are full of, of, of proposals and things, screaming and singing. We sing for hours on end and there is no manifestation. I'll explain to you next week how once you are in the higher realm, you live and rule as God. You manifest this God form. Now, thank you, Lord. Begin to pray and thank God. Thank God for this revelation. Thank God that you have heard this. 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 Thank God that you... I say, you look at that situation and tell him, Hey, receive life now. Thank God. Begin to pray wherever you are. Thank God. As we normally do when it's time for prayer, if you are in a good place and you don't have a lot of noise, you can unmute yourself and join me pray. Lebros peregedandos plotos peregea. Vranos pene criatos pene galandis telekesiosto. Vere criasiba antele grasos senia. Mando caba lebre antoba daba debes de Dios. Maso catala balebe caduria casaya. Lebare andolobos figederian delebe. Mazo negreta so balagada baya. Rebataba deca bagazoro cosete. Imanta la bagada. Masuka tagada badebe debe. Balaba lebe lebe casoturia. Maso ganiana la balea. Mazonia calaba. Anyagana balaba. Pre pre pre. Dayu partake of this Thank you for the 
We want to pray again. You want to pray for this life that comes into us. It's a derivative of that God kind of life. That allows you to partake of this higher realm. Listen, and you got to shake that poison off. You got to step into some newness. Can you imagine the number of slaves in the lower realm? We have accepted the norms of the lower realm. Next week I will show you how Elijah was fed by ravens. How in drought a water body stayed stayed full. How they poured flour out of out of sacks and they never ran out. And if you believe the Bible, you should believe these things. I heard a man of God, even in this current life, saying that they had a sack of rice that never ran out. I've seen a woman that had just lost her husband and was going through some bad widowhood rice, and they had locked her behind a place for so many days in Ghana. And as she was crying, there appeared a bowl of food before her. And she ate it and showed the plate now. Things that do not exist appear. You have concentrated so much on the resurrection. But not even that of this current life, but of the life to come. But right now, in the name of Jesus, as you have received the entrance of radiance, pray now that you receive the life of God that creates in us light. And that light to begin to shine and manifest, shine and manifest, shine and manifest. I see one of you, you have laid your hands on your tummy. You are a woman and you are praying. Right now, light comes into you. Look, let's pray this prayer. Anybody that needs life in any form, be it a child, be it marriage, be it healing, be it prosperity, be it peace of mind, be it some some access, be some some orderliness. May God give to them now. Begin to pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Amen.
final prayer, Acts 28, verse number 6, he said, they waited that he would swell and fall down there, but nothing happened to him. You want to pray? I don't know what poison has come on you. I don't know what attack has been released on you, but you receive grace now to shake it off. Somebody says, shake it off. Receive grace to shake it off, to shake it off in the name of Jesus. Receive that ability now and begin to pray. That's our final prayer. Thank you for your people. Thank you that they are shaking off every poison. Thank you that they are shaking off poison. Thank you that they are shaking off. They are shaking off things right now. They are shaking off things right now. Amen. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for this moment, this moment of enlightenment, this moment of illumination, this moment where we are restored to the God form, where that God being in us is awakened now. And this is what the enemy came to steal. And Lord, we give you praise that today we have received access into the higher life and the higher realm. That everything Jesus did, he says, I'm going away, and those things I did, the same shall you do also. And we shall step into it. And first, let it begin in our homes. Let there be manifestations of this new life in our homes, in our marriages, in our bodies, in our finances, in our children's lives. May we see, Lord, what you spoke to me about, the realities of the divine in the natural. And Lord, we will be careful to give you praise. Thank you for this meeting. I pray for all people listening now. I ask that they shall receive access in the knowledge of Jesus to partake of this higher life that is in Christ Jesus. Now I speak, oh God, to the hearing of those waiting in anticipation for evil. That like they waited and waited on Paul and nothing happened. So would they wait on your people and no evil shall be for them. No evil shall be for them. Those waiting for marriages to fail. Those waiting for unions to be destroyed. Those waiting for bad things to take place. They shall be disappointed. And then they shall change their minds. Acts chapter 28 verses. And they shall conclude that that is a God being. Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah.